0: all right jonathan welcome back to another podcast rory
1: how's things yeah
0: all good um obviously not just us two here doing it we're obviously joined by rajan
1: yeah delighted to introduce raj to the to the podcast and the two blokes training family uh raj welcome aboard thanks for having me guys looking forward to it brilliant awesome awesome um what we'll do is obviously i suppose now you've you've joined the team we can maybe talk a bit about yourself raj tell the guys what you're you're doing in the app and maybe a bit about your background as well
2: yeah no worries so uh, I've, I've worked my way right right through the city you know started off as as a clerk just processing fx transactions in forwards and options worked as a forwards and options broker this was a long time ago we're talking about 13 years 14 years ago now my god and uh, and then from there just slowly moved more into speculative trading worked uh, on on analysis news desks and things like that but you know more recently uh, I've I've been trading the whole time but more recently have gone back to, in, into professional trading but yeah all through the likes of uh, working with TradingView with uh, FX Street with Zero Hedge uh, with Ransquark, who are our news Squawk. you know right right the way through the industry uh, on
1: that front awesome so tell me obviously you're doing analysis for these guys I suppose is it more of a technical fundamental sentiment based what is your background within that?
2: Yeah, so my personal background, I really like statistics with technical analysis. So that that's kind of what I, I've been focused on a lot throughout my whole, whole career with my own trading. Um, but what, what I started to do when I started to learn a lot more about macro analysis is just get a general background and a theme of what the macro uh, picture is telling me and then try and apply those technicals to that which basically gives me like decent stop levels decent entry levels just to work on market timing with that but i would say if you I, i've got a couple of ty- types of trading so a couple of trading styles some of them are, are completely just raw technical focused and don't even look at the, uh, the fundamentals at all but then the the longer term trades that i take the ones that i position trade and hold for a long time they've
1: always got a macro theme like behind them um, would that depend on the, the, the asset class that you're trading different markets you have different opinions or views upon or how does that work um well
2: it is generally based on the asset class so like the equity trading strategy that i use for stocks is just 100 percent purely technical based it's got it's got no fundamentals in it whatsoever uh, just apart from how big the company is so like market caps and things like that but the the fx and the commodities trading that has a, a big macro element to it
1: sure absolutely and i suppose to to go back to the the roots of it all like what actually brought you into trading raj what was the appeal to trading
2: yeah, so a really, really mental story. So I, my background, like educationally, was in uh, sport and exercise science. So that's what I studied at university. And uh, when I took my first job, it was in the JP Morgan building um, as a as a fitness coach. So I was in the in the gym in in Blackfriars in the City of London, right. and uh, I started earning good money as a personal trainer, coaching these guys who were like running marathons, doing triathlons, and stuff like that. And I would ask them during the training sessions. I was like, "All right, cool. I'm, I'm doing good now. Like, where where do I put my money? Like, t- give me give me some ideas." I so these guys tips, all, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were all investment managers and traders, but trading very different things. Like, um, you know, some of them were fund managers. Some of them were like, you know, more like traditional traders. So I was getting very different things from from a lot of different people. But, um, you know, I I started to make good money. I remember I'll, I'll give you an example. So this one time. You know, we're going back maybe about yeah a good a good fourteen fifteen years maybe a bit longer than that. Uh, I was uh, one of the guys was heavily looking at Tesco's and he was like oh like I like the way Tesco's looking and he just showed me a chart and stuff and um, you know he did use charts but just not not to the level that that I do or that we do now but he did use charts but he was basically just talking to me about the prices and stuff and he was like this is the price target we've got. And it was like miles away from where it was. So I thought, okay. So I put a, I put a couple of grand in it at the time, which was, which was decent for me. But it, but it took me up to about seven, eight grand. And I was like, oh, my God, I paid for a holiday. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, like this is the life, you know. <laughs> so um, I learned to trade with tech, technicals and stuff early on. And, um, I, I had a really, really good start and it's, it's unusual. Like this, this is gonna sound silly, but I was a traditional retail trader at the beginning. So I, I put like, uh, 200 or, or 400 pounds in a, uh, eToro account. Yeah. And eToro, they, a long time ago, their, their conditions were very, very horrible. They should charge you either side as well for the trades. But anyway, I, I would trade on an hourly chart, a, a trend line breakout, and I would put place to trades in the morning and I would go off and do my full day's work would have stops and targets on it and come back and see if I won or not every single day. And I did, uh, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know how good I was doing. I didn't know if it was good or not. I, I did phenomenally well. I took it up to about 4,000 pounds in, um, I would probably say maybe a five month period, something like that. So I, I then thought, Oh, brilliant. I'm the next millionaire. Thinking that traders are, 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 you know, should be making more than that anyway, and they, and they should be doing better than that, they should have a lot of money. I took two weeks off work. I I thought I'd try and do the same thing on a higher frequency on a lower time frame, and I lost half the money. <laughs> so I, um, I I took the money out and I and I paid to do the um, the Society of Technical Analysis kind of qualifications and stuff like get my certifications done. And that, that was that was kind of my route into the industry from there. So it, it all started at J.P. Morgan, but that was kind of where I actually learned to trade, which was, uh, you know, a strange thing considering I was in the gym. Yeah,
1: sure. It's quite interesting, actually, because the fact that you said that you took two weeks off, like you were successful before that, you kind of took two weeks off to kind of really submerge yourself within trading and, and it didn't work so well. Um, sure. Again, that, that's quite interesting. It's not the first time I've heard that story. You know, I think... I think taking that jump and that leap into that kind of full-time trading is is quite a big leap and i think sometimes cool. you know you can over analyze the markets you can you know again i suppose you're pretty confident going into that that two-week break on the back of some wins you thought maybe you know we could maybe take this to the next level and all of a sudden you overthink and you can paralyze yourself by too much information and too much data and i think that's a, a big thing for traders yeah, yeah I mean.
2: and, and not having any idea on the expectations, I think, uh, you know, my, in my mind, having made that much money beforehand was a big hindrance, like in hindsight, because I was, I was so confident going into it, but I didn't understand any of the trading psychological rules. That's why, like, I didn't have a company like Two Blokes Trading when, when I was doing that. You know, I, I I used to read trading books and stuff, but they were mainly technical and strategy books. I didn't delve into the area of investment psychology or trading psychology at that stage. So like when I used to lose trades like you know, the standard things like revenge trading or, you know, um over trading to, to kind of make money back changing my position sizes and stuff like that. But I, I didn't I didn't know, I didn't have a clue of any, any of that at that stage. And you know, now I've kind of I've gone gone full circle in the sense because now when I place a trade I don't even look at it I leave it alone I put my stops and targets in I don't even watch the market most of the time nine times out of ten I'm not at my screen once I played a place to trade because I you know I've gone back to how I was trading at the beginning I take a trade and completely leave it alone
1: it's 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 a massive part of what you know of, of people's mentality and do you know it's a big question that I've got as well again I've you know, I've been doing this a long, long time, and a big part of what people will say is, "Well, I just don't have time to trade," or, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, how to build a strategy around my, you know, lifestyle and and so on. And it's, you know, you can equally be successful trading, as you said, in a way that, you know, you you get up in the morning, you maybe play some trades, you put in your your levels, your TP, your stop loss, and you can leave it alone. You can come back, you can open your laptop, you can see how them trades are playing out. You know once you've got your right um, if if if, any, if nothing else actually it makes you more objective because yeah. you have a strategy you're playing out your strategy you're executing you're leaving it alone and you're coming back and you can analyze where you've made the mistakes there after that sometimes you are when you're sitting in front of the computer too long that psychological kind of cutting your your winners too early Letting your your losers run against you because you're in the game. You know, watching the markets move up and down, and you're kind of like psychologically, you're kind of you're a part of it. You're almost, you know, you're so submerged into it that you're you're making the mistakes. Where sometimes actually just executing your trades, walking away, taking a break, leaving them alone, coming back, you can stay more objective and you can actually stick to your strategy. Yeah, I
0: think, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a doubt that usually comes into people's minds. Absolutely, yeah, you start to doubt yourself. That that's it. Game's over. Oh, oh. You know, of, it's so. it's completely done. You know, yeah. like there's been there's been so many trades. You know, I've had, and people said, "Are you sure about this?" "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yep, hundred percent positive." You know, even a few weeks ago, Jonathan, you were talking to me about euro and gold shorts, and you know, you even then started coming out of the gold short. And you were like, ah, "I'm not, I'm not too sure about it anymore." And I was like, "No, I'm telling you, we're yeah. still short." And it's yeah. just having that confidence of of saying that you're still short, and here are the reasons why. Yeah. If I yeah. if if I maybe listened to you and said. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe once we broke above 1940, let's start to take a long. I would have got absolutely hammered. Yeah, you know, if yeah. I started going long there, so it's you, just. You would have
1: had to stop last year, Rory.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 I, well, I, I would have, but you know. Yeah, I think one of my philosophies on that front, Rory, is um, when when I, when I, whenever I've coached people, I, I try and say to them that like nobody knows what's going to happen next in the markets. Yeah. Nobody knows. The variables are infinite. Really, yeah. you know, we're talking like. Yeah, terrorist attacks, central bankers saying something stupid, you know, what I mean, like any, anything can happen at any time. I've got a good story about that as well. But yeah, anything can happen at any time. And, you know, uh, us saying that with the stop losses and the targets and stuff like that, like, like, who, like, really, we, we have the confidence because we, we've traded like hundreds and thousands and, you know, however many positions that we've taken in our lives. But I think newbies, uh, they, they think that really once they have placed a target in mind or, or put a stop in, you know, that, that's the be on an end or no, anything can happen, right? At any stage. So that's something that people have to get their head, heads around, the
1: uncertainty side. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I mean, like at the end of the day, the, the you know, the markets will remain illogical. You know, yes. longer you can remain solvent it's as simple yeah. as that yeah. you know and 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 like you like you just said there and I've said this a number of times on previous podcasts is like you have to lose to win in trading the financial markets which is a crazy thing to think about you know you know and once you accept that you have to take losses to make profits then you kind of change your your thinking and again we spoke with myself and Roy we spoke before about how not to like look at this in monetary terms as opposed to turning it into like percentage terms and changing the way you think about your training, you know, what your targets are for your for your weekly, monthly, yearly, and and completely change that psychology.
0: Yeah. Just just to go back to your point, Jonathan, on like you have to lose to win. I'm going to correct you. I think there's a guy on Instagram who has 100% win ratio.
1: a <laughs> uh, one person. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, no. just just to make nine, you aware, 99% yeah. of the people on Instagram are, I've got nine. Yeah, yeah. 90, They they win 99% of the time.
0: <laughs> no, this guy wins 100% of the time. So <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hasn't yeah. taken a hasn't took a losing trade, but you still put <laughs> some on Instagram. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's not working for J.P. Morgan. I'm no. <laughs> um, always so. Fair play, yeah. is it? Um, but look, I suppose just on that as well, I mean, you know, what tips would you give to, to traders coming through, you know, maybe at different stages, whether it's beginner, intermediate, or maybe trying to take that sleep into their kind of full time trading? Yeah, I think uh, as a as a
2: beginner, I would probably say the expectations, you know, like, um, you know, some of the, I, I'm fortunate to have some friends who are really, really, really high up in the trading world. And, um, you know, there's one particular story of mine, a, a friend of mine who works on a spot desk at a bank, he did phenomenally well one, one year, and I, I kind of took him out to dinner to kind of gauge, get some information to, to draw some information from him, right? <laughs> And uh, like, uh, we we were having a chat and his win rate was only at like 52%. And you know, in the whole year as well. um, And bear in mind, he works in investment bank as well, he only took like, 200 and 230 odd trades or something like that for a whole year. And, uh, you know, I think the expectation for a beginner is that it's like fast and furious and this is just going to happen so quickly and you have to, you know, like we said, be immersed in it all the time, you have to win all the time, you know, if somebody at that level is only winning, you know, 50 odd uh, percentage in, in terms of their trades, and then taking, you know, on average, that works out to be like one or two trades a day or something like that. You know, like uh what what you know, what are we trying to do here? It can it could like you said, it can be a lot easier and fit around your lifestyle, like however you wanna, you know, get it done. So that's what I'd probably say to a beginner. I think on the intermediate side of things, I think that I think that's really when ego kicks in. I think this uh kind of need to be right or need to make money is uh is a killer for, for people who've been trading for a little while. Um I think that's that's a tough one. Like reading analysis and and understanding financial markets sometimes does not over education sometimes does not make you better i think it's the quality that's the important thing and you sticking to that that's what makes makes you better like having the right strategy and making sure that you know as rory said that you've got conviction in what you're doing regardless of what the world says around you you know giving yourself that that amount of time so i normally do like a a 20 50 trade challenge with a lot of people so if they just follow a process and they just stick to that process for for dirty trades. You know that's that's a real outcome, rather than switching up and you know your your ego making you kind of be so, be so consumed into being right, really. Sure. Yeah. And then on the environment side, I think um, the adaptation because people uh, get married to certain market conditions. Because you know, in equities traders, you know, we had such a long uh, post COVID bull run, didn't we? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: I think watching that unwind in November or after that or you know um that that was you know it it was a there's some people who had been trading their whole trading lives and not seen a bear market yeah, yeah. you know and uh, that adaptability is is a huge skill and and that that you have to you have to be able to go through bull and bear markets and have mental flexibility if you're an advanced trader
0: yeah I think as well Raj you know come back to your point the first point you made about you your friend that works in a bank And he only had like a 52% win rate. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's quite a normal thing for these guys. And that's what beginners don't realize. And, -hmm. you know, something that I'll maybe drop onto this podcast is, you know, if you go onto like Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan, they actually publish the amount of money they make every day just from trading activities. And Mm -hmm. you would be surprised if anybody knows anything about statistics, there'll be a normal distribution and you would expect all the money to be in the middle of this. But -hmm. it's quite weird to see. Well, it's not quite weird, but it's just how it is. Is that there's actually big fat tails on this distribution that Goldman Sachs make a lot of money at over 25 million a day. So you would expect them to make, you know, if they're winning 50% of the time, you'd expect the the trades to be just about average. But what they actually do is that they have 52% of win rate. But when they do win, it's huge. You know, it's, it's not as if they should have gone one for one risk to reward. It's huge trades. And that's one thing about, you know, them sort of banks is when they're right, they're really
2: right. They get the big things right.
0: You know, they know
2: how to compound, right? You know, yeah. that's the, that goes against a lot of human nature. Sometimes, like when you're in a winning position and you you kind of you're you're seeing your food on the table you're seeing the gold bars you know so a lot of the time people want to just take their money and run but obviously in those scenarios in those banks like they, they learn how to readjust risk and compound really well so when they do win they win massively I think that's a,
1: a huge thing for, for that a, yeah. a big thing with a retail trader there's a few things there right I think number one like psychologically we want to kind of take profits it's just a human nature to take profits mm-hmm. you know when you kind of change that you start to want to lean in into that trade more and 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 actually start to you know scale into that trade as you as you change your meth- methodology and your mindset of how to actually really make money in a trading the biggest thing for retail traders as well as stop losses you know yeah you could you know these guys may be making massive moves but within that massive moves you're getting pullbacks mm-hmm. you know and you're getting you know further surges and and, and it's 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 understanding where to put your stop losses in the right places because you know there's countless times when I was going through the processes as as, as a new trader you know I would get things right I get my analysis right I would I would take that trade but I would just get caught out on that on that pullback even though my analysis is right my trade was right my execution was right The timing was right um I've just my stop loss in the wrong place or too tight or whatever the case may be and i've missed that big run you know there's there's so many little things that people can tweak their strategies you know and and you have to learn on the go you know you can't just you know you, you can't read a book and then start trading or you can't you know you have to learn by your mistakes and that's in anything any trade any skill in life you have to learn by your mistakes and it's a process you know and having the right guidance right mentors right you know, information analysis to hand is 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 key to your development, and it's like I've been doing this a long time, and and still I'm learning on on the job. You know. Yeah,
2: I think yeah, yeah, I think what you said there is is right because I think the trading is one of those things like is you can read a book and 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 start training it it doesn't mean you're gonna be any good it's like you know being a pilot or whatever or being a doctor or you know it those those hours that you 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 have to get through that learning period and that understanding period but it's like uh you know it's like emotional numbness you know when you when you you keep finding trades and keep getting trades and you keep doing this and you know you're you're getting your direction right but your stop loss is wrong you know it's you've got to go through that pain i think I there's no book that's going to teach you how to go through that pain and come out the other side you know it has, to, it
1: has to happen yeah i mean i, I can't tell you how many people i could, i've spoke to that have you know been doing fantastic kind on of a demo account you know, and all of a sudden they might put five hundred pound into account, and it's been you know that transition is 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 tough. You know, and because it doesn't matter if you know you have a hundred thousand pound loss in a demo account, you know a ten pound loss in a real account is a different feeling. You know, back gonna way. You know, it's it's about understanding that, and 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 it, there's that tipping point. Um, and like you say, you kind of, like I say, you have to lose to win, but it's about cutting your losses early, learning from your mistakes, having a trading plan. And like I said, having, asking questions like that for me is like, the key to my success was asking questions, picking people's brains. You know, I've, you know, throughout all my jobs when I was younger, you know, throughout to running a business, you know, I still want to learn from other people because the only way that I can excel and I can continue to to move forward is by learning from other people. And 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 that is key to 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 success in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think this is the the being a good learner. Like as a as an adult is is obviously much harder than than being the same thing as a child. But I think when coaching people, I think you know finding the way that the person you're coaching is is able to take on that information. So obviously we have it the other way around. The, the onus on the person learning is to be a good learner. You know, with us you know, like with, with the, the podcast and stuff like that, the, the educational material that's put out there, the mediums in which people take this in, you know, is so, is so important. People will learn in different ways. Some people love the videos, some people like, you know, audio stuff, you know, and, uh, and you know, what, what you were saying is exactly right. I think I, when you, you've got to be open to, to different ways and different things and, and different ways of doing things, because you're never going to know which one's going to be the one that settles for you absolutely you must be
1: listening to our previous podcast <laughs> I
2: think I think as well you, you
0: have to be as you say right. you have to be definitely open and try new things you know I think if you, if you don't take a step outside of your comfort zone I just think Ooh. you're never going to learn because I always think you never learn inside that comfort zone you know and Ooh. and for me that was one of the big things is you know I was always good at maths as a kid but I didn't think it was going to be that good and then once, I, once I really tried to pull myself out of that and say right let's try and tackle something you don't know how to do let's try and go into you know more quantitative route I wasn't comfortable doing it, but whenever you start to do these things and get a bit of progression and then you get um, a bit of positivity hits you, that's it. Everything takes off and everything changes and you really start learning a lot more because you're engaged in the content and you're actually learning. You know, whereas...
2: good for the people who are the listeners to see that because when it comes to your writing style now you can see a lot of it's statistical based so if people were sitting there listening to this and they're looking at the way that you write you know it's interesting I never would have thought that that would have been an area that you had a problem or that you needed to overcome you know so it proves it's obviously you're able to do it anybody's able to do it yeah yeah
1: I don't think that you can, it doesn't matter what your background is in any stage to learn how to trade the financial markets. I don't think you need to be an accountant, a lawyer, a, you know, I've seen some of the best traders come back with, you know, come through the ranks with no ed, no real education behind them or, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it it genuinely does not matter. Once you can um, put a, the right strategy in place, you're willing to learn and you have the right mindset, you can be successful yeah. in trading. Simple exactly. as that.
0: I, I, yeah. I know I know a lot of banks now actually start to hire, they're starting to hire doctors, they're starting to hire physicists and, and biologists, whatever. And fair enough, it's not maybe direct at trading, but they're hiring these people for research because these people, you know, it's easier to hire a doctor to do research about a medical company than it is to hire a, a finance graduate and teach them about medicine. Mm-hmm. Because that's a that's a very different thing. So it does, I don't think it matters where you come from, as you say. If you come from a different background, you can always come into the game and there's always going to be exposure somewhere for you because the financial markets, you know, really aren't just about finance. They're about every other company involved in that, especially if you want to go down trade and trade in the equities route, especially there's going to be a different market for you there too.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the, the, the people who can combine that with their personal self-development you know that's such a that's such a big recipe for success. You know, like uh, I, I have felt strange sometimes coaching people that in general have been way more um, kind of advanced than me in their their fields. You know, like there there was a time where you know I, I was uh, coaching somebody who was like a, a very very senior um, geriatric specialist and oncology doctor and stuff like that. And this person is like you know, one of the most well respected uh, doctors in this country. And, uh, you know, just talking to me generally about crap and trading, like during what during the day, you know, um, ended up doing doing very well as a trader, like you said, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's it's one of those things We're all we're all going to start somewhere,
1: right, in this journey in trading. 100%. And it's about how to get from A to B you know, and taking them road bumps along the way, you know, we've, we've discussed previously this, you know, that, you know, 80% of traders won't make it, you know, through the process because of this bad information, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the wrong mindset, um, you know, because trading is not for everybody. It's not going to work for everybody. It's as simple as that. Um, but if you're willing to learn and you're open-minded, um, th- there's definitely a pathway to, to to success within this for sure
2: yeah I think that eighty percent statistic you know i think it's a, it's a strange one because obviously we're talking about maybe the average person putting in a thousand pounds into a trading account, not understanding the leverage taking maybe one hundred and fifty pound a trade you yeah, know over over-levering, exactly. over-levering their accounts yeah. and stuff like that it's It's kind of geared up to to do that, but we've got to also think that you know we're we all have human instinct I think a lot of what successful trading does is learning about how to be kind of dealing with being uncomfortable well you know like yeah. so you're so you're going against your human instinct but you're you're learning about how you can do that properly but then not only that is it, that it's actually normal in trading you know it, a lot of stuff feels uncomfortable doesn't it so sure.
1: and yeah. um, look we're talking about 80% of people who just has ever put money into a trading account yeah. whether you know whatever their experience past whatever the case may be and you know a lot of these guys are set up to fail instantly because of the people maybe they're following on the information they've got or the reasons why they actually done it in the first place mm-hmm. you know when you look at people who have come through successful academies that people are there for the right reasons to actually help traders to actually teach them and give them a pathway you know without that uh, conflict of interest if you like you know we're talking them some stats kind of rise a hell of a lot you know you know that that 100% of maybe somebody comes through a good academy you know could be maybe 40 50 potentially you know, that not going kind away of so that it, and we spoke about this before about you know what does it take uh and you know how to get into the mentality of professionals and other people within the industry and you know it, it is it's a job you have to treat it like a business yeah
0: but yeah so is- I- Sorry, I, th- I think as well, you know, we we covered this as well. it will let you co- cover on from this as well, Raj. But last week or two weeks ago, me and Jonathan talked about, you know, what does it take to be a professional footballer? What does it take to be a professional golfer? And does trading actually differ from that in any aspect you know we came, kind of came to the conclusion that it doesn't and a big part of it is is that you have to be around the right people you know if you're a professional footballer you're not going to go play a five a side every Thursday night with the boys from the bar you know because that's not what you're going to do you're not going to improve your game the same as if, if you're looking to become a professional golfer you're not going to go and play it at a you know a council run course or, or somewhere that's not well maintained with you know with poor golfers you're going to want to play with the best at the best place you can and trading shouldn't really yeah. be any different. If you want to improve your game, and it, you have to be in contact with the right people, you have to be around people who want to also grow. And I think that's just how it works. There's no point hanging around with guys who you know treat a trading account like a bit of a Vegas trip. You know,
2: yeah, yeah. No, but as a great point. Like my favorite documentary for trading, one of them is Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. Yeah, like, and it's obviously got nothing to do with trading, yeah. but the guy's mentality is so close to what we actually do you know, and it's it's definitely, you know, so applicable, like uh, I use the sports analogies all the time, the, the most recent one, I think it's Point Break or Breakpoint on uh, Netflix, the tennis documentary as well. Like watching these elite performers, and how they deal with their processes every single day, and what they get up to, you know, is really, really similar to trading, obviously, they're doing their, their thing at their elite level. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the thing is about trading a lot of elite level performance is hidden, you know uh so it's quite hard to to talk to people or get in the right circles to find find this out so um when when i was working on the news desk uh when i was when i was more junior me and a friend of mine who's actually doing quite well as well he um we, we were working over Christmas because, you know, obviously on a breaking news desk, you still have to be there during during those times, so I think it was Christmas Eve or something, we were on this news desk and nothing's going on, financial markets are dead, so we're looking for something to do. So what we decided to do is go over the 12 months worth of reports from the investment banks that they had sent us to report on. Uh, so we went over like, you know, the big guys like Morgan Stanley, you know, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, like all of their reports trying to see the success rates of what their calls were like in the FX markets. And like, they were just crazy, like, uh, easily 50% of them were wrong, maybe more. You know, there were some that were better than others at the at the time, but you know, really going through that exercise, and I knew the analysts that were writing these reports as well. And prior to doing that exercise, I would always sit there and think, "Oh, these guys know way more than me." You know, like they're, they're, I have to listen to them. You know, this guy from from Morgan Stanley is calling euro dollar to be long. Like, how can I be short? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then going through that exercise was a really important thing for me because I actually used to go and research for um, like investment bank uh, FX reports before, because I thought that they were, I mean, there's a good learning curve, because I could read what their mentality was, and what they were looking for. But actually, the success rate, understanding their success rates really helped me as a trader, because it took so much pressure off. And my ego changed to, you know, at that stage.
1: Absolutely. And look, what you do is then is you build your own strategy. And then all of a sudden, that becomes intuition you know that yeah. instinctive intuition and you can't teach that that's something that you'll learn as you learn you know the technicals the fundamentals the sentiment understand the economic political all that kind of stuff starts to come in and all of a sudden you can make decisions almost like on the spur because it's just intuition you're not know, in going kind to of way you understand why you know, understand why and how the markets are moving in, in the way they are yeah
2: that's something i think i need to work on the intuition side of things because if i follow my strategy 100% and it's like a robotic systematic trading strategy right and I'm following that that normally does better than my discretionary trading strategies so like I I think I'm as a trader, statistically, I I have to understand my limitations. I'm better with statistical analysis. Like I just, if I've set something like a moving average based strategy or a MACD based strategy or something like that, like I, I follow the rules and I stick to that I, you know, I wish I was a better discretionary trader. And I, I, I put to, a, I I have a stage or I do also have a stage where I have an account that I mess around with a little bit, like any of my personal trade ideas that come from my head, I'll t- it feeds my. You know, my little uh, kind of a gremlin where yeah. where I'll just take it on this account just to see if I'm right. You know what I mean? Hey, and that, hey. one does, that one does far worse than the other accounts. Definitely. <laughs> right, right. I'm quite opposite. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have to
0: agree. I'd have to agree. Usually it's the intuition sort of knowledge where you think, I have a feeling about this. Usually that's the one that goes right. Yeah, 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 yeah! Oh,
1: God, see, I've got something to learn from you two, then definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just on that, guys, we'll wrap this up. But just as, as you say that, uh, maybe you can just tell some of the guys what kind of content that's going out in the app um, that you, you'll be doing for you know into the future.
2: Yeah, so in terms of trades, so like trade ideas, so um, let's let's say for kind of the short-term trade ideas, I, I generally take my picture long-term, I break it down. So I, I take my picture on a long-term picture, and then I try and look for, for the intraday markets that are, are not aligned with that. And and then we're trying to like basically go and swim back with the tide again. So that's generally, you know, that could be based on like RSIs, uh, moving averages and uh, MACDs normally, you know, so that's the more statistical stuff. So it might look really weird that everybody's talking about something, you know, that's going in one direction. And I'm thinking, well, no, you know, the, the trends going this way, I'm just you know looking for it to mean revert a little bit before we continue but they're the ones for me that that my personal trading style that worked quite well so that's the, a lot of trades will come from that but then on my uh, general macro side a lot of the content that I'll, that I'll be putting out is about the understanding of the the probabilities of what's happening with macro so I think uh, from what I've put down so far is kind of what people are thinking, like everybody now is thinking like with the fed, for example, like, are we done with rate hikes? Like, what are the probability that we are done with rate hikes and stuff like that? You know, that that's the my macro thinking of where that comes from. So like with stocks, for example, with the indices and stocks, you know, if that is going to be the case, you know, we should get a good run up in stocks for a little while if, if the feds done, but any inkling that that, you know, inflation is being stubborn, or, you know, it's not happening. And then then obviously, that, trade is going to unwind so all of the content that I'll put out is based on the on whether those probabilities are changing on whether people's mind is changing what what are they thinking so I try and get as much access as I can to that information where general retail traders can't get access to that information I I try
1: yeah I try and do my best yeah yeah okay awesome look guys if you want to check out um some of our analysis particularly Raj is coming new Uh, jump into the app at com, or you can download the app and we will see you guys there. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, Raj. No worries. Thanks,
0: Raj. Appreciate it.